Okay. That's right. Yeah. All right, Regis, now we've got Take It In Blood. Are you gonna, can you do the lyrics from that song where you mentioned? Take it to blood, you want those? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Here it is. This is from Nas. I never brag how real I keep it, cause it's the best secret. I rock a vest prestigious, Cuban link flooded Jesus, and Alex watching Kathy Lee and Regis. There we go. <laughs> Welcome. We are here. That's we're great. We're doing the damn we're back. thing. We're back. I got it. Awesome. Oh man. Well, let's let's hope this time everything works. Unlike yeah. last time. We're yeah, so glad exactly. to hear, have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm we so optimistic. Just... It's gonna work. Great. Great. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. Cool. All right. Well, welcome to Pandemonia. Again. The, again. <laughs> the podcast where we ask what's keeping you sane and then struggle for however long it takes to come up with a suitable answer. Um, yeah, for sure. Sarah is back with us this week. We tried to record an app with Sarah in the past and it didn't work because I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. <laughs> Okay, yeah. it was still it was still a good time. Yeah, we, we just we couldn't chatted. share it with people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we chatted in June, way. and then we had audio snippets that went in and out, and we tried to re-record again with the same mm -hmm. problem. And so mm -hmm. Sarah's here again. So third time's a charm. So thank you so much for that patience. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me back. <laughs> Oh man, and thank you for getting on for that, like an earlier time for you too. Oh yeah, no problem. It's been I've had a couple of work meetings at like nine a.m. and I'm like, oh, I really have to readjust <laughs> to like getting up and being a functional human being before nine mm. a.m. So it's good. It's good for me. Yeah. Um, I put together a little Google Doc for this thing. Oh, I should probably say I'm Zach and. Diego's here too. Yes, I'm Diego. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great. Yeah, if that much was not obvious by the previous conversation. Right. And the bot recording this conversation is named Craig. Hi, Craig. <laughs> Very cute. I like that little bear. Yeah. Going on mm. there. Our silent co-host. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So introductions. Check. <laughs> Sarah, why don't you get us started? What's been keeping you sane? Yeah. Keeping me sane has been um mostly trying to well, one thing I will say is that I have restarted Breath of the Wild. So I played Breath of the Wild when it came out and yes. recently yeah. after we, after we talked, I was like, that was a great game and it's very like soothing, like the music it's very mm. beautiful and I was like it's so nice so now my husband and I are both replaying it he's playing it on master mode and so the past you know like a week or so we've been just kind of enjoying that so that was like a nice reprieve from reality and mm. yeah so that's been good and I also 
try to just keep busy with like a bunch of different little projects, try to keep a balance in the day of not doing one thing all day long. Um, I've been doing some like little art projects on the side, did some drawing for Diego. You did. Yeah, it was awesome. Very cool. What'd you draw? Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Like I asked her for some help with like some branding stuff. So like some of those cool, like, um, there's a plugin called Humans by like Pablo Stanley, and it's like these really cool like illustrations. And so I'm, I wanted to use something like that for like a, a design branded deck. And I'm not a cool artist, and Sarah is, hence our awesome pod artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so stuff yeah. like that, you know, keeping busy with playing guitar, doing my Duolingo, reading books. Like I just try and break it up so that I'm not doing one thing. If I do something for too long, it like stresses me out. So I keep a variety. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I think we'll do, we'll do all the scenes first and then we'll do insane. Next. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of go around in a circle. That's good. Do a little, a little sharing time. Yeah, that's good. I'm sorry. I'm like completely. My brain is fried right now. I'm like not functioning. It's it's like almost two over here. I still feel like I just woke up. Yeah. But time is all an illusion, really. So that's that's what I've learned. All right. I I will say in a similar thing to breath of the wild i've Mm. been staying sane by playing games and diverting myself but i've been playing a lot of roller coaster tycoon on my ipad it's a throwback that's been so fun it's very nostalgic it's a great throwback and it's really like i don't know i'm sorry i'm like very snotty this morning i've like i'm so congested (laughs) and my sinuses are just like dumping Mm. it all out right now and on pod so i'm gonna sound very congested i'm sure anyway i've been playing roller coaster tycoon on my ipad it's wonderful um it's great to just have this little sandbox where you can like make everyone have so much fun all the time they literally these little these little people just like run around the theme park they spend all their money on like cotton candy and popcorn and going on rides and then they have so much fun, they just puke all over the pathways. Oh, yeah. And you have to hire people to sweep up. So, like, there's so much puke in this game. I don't remember seeing that much puke, like, in my actual experience of going to amusement parks oh. as a child. Mm-hmm. But apparently, like, half the people, every time the roller coaster comes into the station, it's like every, like, one out of, like, every five people just barfs on the, on the sidewalk yeah. in the game. So yeah. that's been. That's that's been good because then like when when my little dude comes through to clean it up, I'm like, all right, getting some real work done here, keeping the environment clean, mm-hmm. puke free, and mm-hmm. um, you know you get to build cool roller coasters. So that's been keeping me yeah. sane. Does the yeah. intensity of the roller coaster impact the puking? Yeah, but that like works. sometimes. It it doesn't even make that big a difference. I mean, like if you have like a bunch of loops and stuff on it, it'll definitely 
cause people yeah. to to hurl a bit but like people get off of wooden roller coasters and do it so it's it's sensible. a lot and there's tons of vandalism in this game and like i don't know usually vandalism is like fun and cool but they people just like will break your bench in half like you put a <laughs> bench on this on the footpath and people will just stomp through it in half break your lamps and oh. it's like don't do that Mm. <laughs> just it just leave everything I nice i don't remember vandalism from playing that as a child yeah well they won't remember- hire cops but they're not going to get me that easy no way my, my theme parks are all cop free <laughs> and if it gets really bad then i'll just put like a little sign that says a cab on it and like yes. themed <laughs> roller coaster park cops <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very i don't know it's very soothing it's like playing with model trains you have this little um like sandbox where you can make your own little perfectly ordered world and impose order on an otherwise like chaotic existence for Mm. however long you have the ipad open so that's been my little retreat mentally that's good that's good. yeah diego Um. what's been keeping you sane yeah uh this week yeah it's been more of like running and like i've been trying to do meditation i've had headspace for a while and like i keep trying oh, to do it man. Uh, like just like, you taking care of yourself i know I'm trying to you're an inspiration like, to us all <laughs> that's great <laughs> just like i don't know like run today i haven't done it yet i'm doing laundry now as we as we speak so like i'm gonna run later um just yeah like just trying to keep that physical and mental um that said i'm feeling like a bit under the weather today so i'm like maybe i just kind of overexerted myself but um so doing a little bit of that and then um uh i went to the the cape this week it was like a little local fam vacay uh and you know what goddamn kyle from summer house for making lover boy because it's so delicious <laughs> Um, I don't know if anyone here knows Summer House. It's like a Bravo show. Um, it's like, it's, it's just these people in New York living their life with hashtag money and like going to the Hamptons every weekend. And it's just, it's that, that's the show. That's the season or a show. So it's like every year they film for the summer and it's just these random people going to the Hamptons and it's so entertaining and stupid. But one of the guys who goes started his own nice. beverage company, and so they make spiked tea, and so it's called Lover Boy. And so one of the teas that I'm obsessed with is like this hibiscus palm tea, and it's just so delicious. Cool. Sounds um, good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'm looking them up right now. Yeah, and they're not like very like calorie heavy. It's like low alcohol percentage, so it's just like hmm. A little dangerous. Spritz. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so that's that's been keeping me sane too <laughs> a, good mix, a, very... a, good, a, good, a good mix of physical activity mental activity and just alcohol, alcohol. so <laughs> they have a very like uxy no drink lover boy wants to know your location not gonna f- get me that easy <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna get targeted ads for Loverboy now for the rest of the week. <laughs> well, Probably. yeah. I'm gonna pick up my phone and see me on Instagram. Like, did you buy Loverboy yet? And I'm like, oh well, no. But now I will. Yeah. Their website is very. 
Their website's very fun looking. Although I typed in Loverboy into Google, and the first two hits are Loverboy the band. Um, oh, interesting. Apparently, there's a Loverboy is a Canadian rock band formed in 1979 in Calgary, Alberta. Their hit <laughs> singles, particularly "Turn Me Loose" and "Working for the Weekend," have become oh. arena rock stable. Oh, that's that band. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Everyone's working for the weekend. weekend. <laughs> so we could drink Lover Boy spike teas in uh-huh. the Hamptons. I think there's a collab <laughs> opportunity there for this drink right? and this band. I think they have to do a crossover <laughs> now. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. This love a good. So I love it. <laughs> it's we're just. We're, this is the state we're in right now. I mean, we're being Pretty honest. Much. It's Sunday afternoon. We've all had an exhausting, overwhelming uh, last couple months. It's just so, gotten to the point where just every news thing is just overwhelming with anxiety. Dude, it's like, I can't. So that's a good segue into what's been driving <laughs> you insane. Yeah, it my, is. My thing is uh, Portland and how... We have like unmarked feds just like disappearing people in Portland, which there's plenty of great places to check in on that. But all yeah. gas, no yep. brakes is there now. So I'm like waiting for his coverage. But it's that's just terrifying. Yeah, it's so um, that. Yeah, I live in Eugene, which is a couple hours south of Portland. And there was a protest yesterday. Um, sort of in solidarity with that here. And it was, um, you know, like midnight last night, we closed our windows because tear gas was coming into our bedroom and we were just listening to the cops like announce that they were going to use tear gas and rubber bullets on the protesters, like, you know, right outside. So it's so fucked up. Yeah, it's and it's, you know, over spray paint largely like that's, you know, yeah. The vandalism provoking this like incredibly violent response. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. uh, Leading to insanity because it's just sort of infuriating to see direction that's taking. It's just yeah, and like you, you sort of like never thought it would get this bad so quickly, and then you look at people's news feeds, and like you're living over there, so like you're literally getting tear gas in your house if you don't close the windows mm-hmm. that that must be so like disorienting to be like oh is this like actually happening right now like yeah your sense is deceiving you almost you know it's like yeah. you have to oh, yeah. i saw this tweet that was like it sort of feels like everything right now is a huge hallucination like you just kind of can't believe that the things that are happening yeah. are happening and then there's also this like social media piece of seeing everyone like so many people like I know I have like a handful of people who are just like living life like you know go in a restaurant big groups of people no masks whatever and you're like am I like am I just like projecting my own anxiety onto it like what is real like how it's so it's so bizarre but for sure it's yeah it's real you know it's happening how do you sit at brunch and like enjoy yourself because right. even if I wanted to do that, like if I wanted to go hang out with people, I like, I just wouldn't know how to spend my time like 
relax. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, so with bizarre. It. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's like, I don't know. And it's almost like you're in this space too, mentally, where let's say you are sitting outside with folks that you know have been respectful and things like that. You're still, you still have that anxiety, right? Love just like, is is this okay? Right? Like, am I okay doing this? Or am I now contributing to this problem? Right. You know? Um, We're so used to following people's leads on these things. And like, if you're surrounded by people who don't take it seriously or, you know, can just ignore what's going on or, or live life as, as if things are back to normal already, you kind of almost feel like the asshole for wanting to continue social distancing and, you know, Mm -hmm. like paying attention to things that are going on Yeah, because we're so used to just like following what's, what's going on with the people around us. Sheep, man. Sheep. I know. Group think. Um, well, this is a fun, uplifting. Yeah, and I, then they're trying I, to open schools. Yeah, that was my insane thing of just like, what the fuck? Um, I share that with wild. you. And, yeah. and like, just you know, because I know like Sarah's a teacher, and we and we can dive into that. But just like this whole thing this week of just, I guess, like the CDC kind of downplaying their initial thoughts after they got criticism from the administration. And it's just like wild, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, okay. you know, I, I just, I, I can't. And it's the same thing too, with like not even just like regular schools with kids, but also like colleges. How is that going to work? Like, how are you going to be like, all right, we're going to do this and it's going to work out for everybody. It's like, no, that's not how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to send faculty back onto campus to explain to kids like, yeah, we didn't, we all said that we shouldn't be here, but the administration needs your money. So yeah. here yeah. we are. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure like faculty will speak up, but I know that's hard with yeah. even like some teachers saying like if they don't show up for work, their licenses is are revoked. And it's like, how does that work then? Right. Because then how are they yeah. supposed to continue? And I mean, I don't know, again, for like PhD professors and things like that but i'm sure also for them it's like you know like what like like Mm -hmm. this this is not okay i kind of i kind of hope a lot of them just strike and it's just like yeah sorry this is this is your endowment money like you can go into that pocket and fix it up and figure it out like i'm not going to risk myself for this yeah that's the thing is unfortunately like colleges are in a much more precarious position but that does mean that the faculty and at least the grad students in a lot of these places are used to having to strike and and act collectively, um, which is something that it seems incomprehensible to do now, especially because we've all been so isolated and, and atomized into yeah. different disparate groups like people. We don't we don't act in groups anymore. So it's a lot harder to to go back and and reverse engineer sort of ground up organization like it the thought of having a teacher strike right now although it seems like absolutely necessary it's like how how would you be right yeah 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 and because i know like if i was a teacher i wouldn't want to go back agreed (laughs) (laughs) yeah you would know on the college side so my husband is a a PhD candidate at UO and he, or a PhD student at UO. And so he is a grad student who teaches classes. Um, And it's been kind of interesting because the sort of initial proposals were to have um, the tenured faculty, the professors teaching in a distance model. So the, your big 
classes would be online and then the smaller mm -hmm. sections. So like the follow-ups that grad students teach to be in person. And so what that sort of did was you, you take your, uh, you know, paid employed professors and they are safe at home. And then you're very yep. low paid, um, student employees, uh, are at risk, right, of in-person. Um, it's like, hey, if, if, if we didn't say you were disposable, how do you feel now? Yeah, yeah, so I think they, and here in, in my area, um, the case numbers have been very low, so we've been pretty lucky in that regard. Like, we shut things down here before there were pretty high numbers, but the outbreaks that we have had have been college parties. So it's just like, you can't, I mean, 18 year old coming back to campus, they're not going to social, they don't see it at the risk level that it is to the, to the community at large. And I think, mm. I mean, you live in a dorm, you know, like, what do you expect? Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. all the employees around them just have that much more risk. So I think everyone's just waiting to see what guidance comes down. But the, the big underlying problem is that there's been no sort of like blanket federal regulation, right? So yeah, institutions are just trying to scramble to figure it out on their own. It's also like a question for me. And again, I'm not like in that college space, especially like in, in terms of like accounting and just thinking of just like the the, the, the actual numbers, but like, mm -hmm. what would it cost you to shut down fully for a semester? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, so it impacts everyone while like, this is still being worked out, you know, a vaccine still being developed and like all of these things and like obviously that varies from campus to campus because some campus is going to have that money let's say to do that fully and others can't right and it'll be like these businesses that we've seen everywhere just just shut their doors but like it's almost like why, why aren't you considering that right for the good of just like your students in the community like why why isn't that a thing i was just saying it might get to that point it's just it's just this limbo now where I feel like everyone wants to wait until the very last minute to make that kind of a call. Yeah. Um, almost like they have to have some like exorbitant reason to justify it um, yep. so that people don't get mad. But so it's just this waiting game, which is stressful. It's, yeah. A lot of this conversation is based on this calculus that schools and a lot of businesses are trying to do where you sort of think like, well, how much illness and how much spread of the disease is worth it to justify reopening right and mm -hmm. you have to sort of convert human safety and human lives like into their equivalent monetary losses that you would be recouping which is fucked up like it's like i don't know how else to describe that the fact that we're like trying to put a monetary price on people's safety yeah and and do a sort of cost benefit analysis of it is like we shouldn't have to be having this conversation there's plenty of other countries where they don't think like that and they just think you know we'll shut down until the thing goes away and they pretty much have mm -hmm. but for us we we think in these like totally i mean it's like beyond capitalistic it's like it's like just, cannibalistic it's mindset. yeah exactly where we think like you know again like your proximity to capital your proximity to the uh administrative structure guarantees your safety and then as you get away from it you become more and more disposable and it's like well how many of these disposable people are worth us you know eating the cost of not opening for a semester right right and I, uh, I think so much of like american culture is tied into like success is 
monetary success is the property you have success is all these possessions that you have at your disposal and then what, and what you're able to use and have like that that is to your benefit whereas you know other countries they're really good at that sort of like cognitive dissonance of like separating themselves from hey like of course i want my kids to be educated or hey like i know i want xyz resource but i can't right now because of this health crisis like it's 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 very evident that all around the world these folks are just stepping away of like i need to separate myself and my wants for the good of society and what's taking place whereas like here in the u.s that's that's not happening right well sort of this like brutalist like not brutalist but like brutal capitalist realism of like this is the overriding logic that makes every other decision in the u.s whereas like at least in other places i feel like people try to hang on to a competing sense of like you know there being other goods outside of profit and other things mm -hmm. to pursue and, and other ways of well-being besides just maximizing profit and here it's the first second and third way people make decisions and it's out of necessity because our economy has gotten so competitive and, and things are um already so precarious that it's mm -hmm. almost like a necessity for people i mean like essential workers are going back to work because if they don't work they won't eat you know yeah and right. and we've left we've put that on them yeah that's a big factor i think for the school conversation which is parents need to go back to work schools basically function as childcare, um and you know, I just think we would have so much less of that whole narrative if people were being adequately supported to stay home and not worried about paying their housing costs and whatever. Um, parents would probably be relieved and much happier yeah. to figure out the school piece. Um, but that's there's also this sort of dangerous element that I feel where you can you can go on Facebook and you can like go to the hive mind on the internet and find information that supports your opinion, um, even if it's not true. So yeah, like people yeah. just, they confirm their own wants with fake information and then that's it, right? Like they can't mm -hmm. learn anything else. And so what my part of my like driving me insane thing this week has been reading the comments, which you should never do, but it's just, it's sort of astounding and it goes back to that whole like it just feels like a hallucination like you know you open these comments on articles about schools and people are saying well then i should be paid to you know help this child that i birthed with their schoolwork and school should be defunded because you're not going in person but you know teachers are just like we just don't want anyone to die like that's right <laughs> at right. the end of the day right um it's been really that's been hard it's hard to be a teacher right now it's hard to, it's very like disheartening um to have this sort of conversation going on about your profession um where you just feel like you can't win right so i mean even before it felt that way right where it was like teachers should be paid more and it's like lol nope and it's like yeah. cool so now you have that plus this insane situation um, right. And it's, yeah, like to your point, it's like, wh why can't teachers win? Because they're the ones, you know, who are really kind of being forced to step up right now. And that, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. um, and to Zach's point, talking about, you know, essential workers and working because they have to feed, you know, their families, et cetera, and, and, and you know, make rent, all those things. Like, here's your case for, you know, uh, uh, what's, what was the word I was going to say? Uh, 
universal uh, basic income healthcare basic care. income basic income thank you that's what i was looking for yeah and and universal health care right yeah if you were totally. just, like i mean people wouldn't be in this situation if capitalism and and all these different states weren't paying them just just barely enough to get by you know we can hope right that people learn yeah. <laughs> from yeah. this experience we can hope but i mean i, I, I always feel like when it's us sorry no, go ahead, Sarah. oh i was just gonna say that i think their teachers are poised to strike and um i'm hoping that as it gets closer, just more and more places move to remote learning. Some cities have already committed to that. Um, yeah, I'm crossing my fingers that that's the outcome yeah. down the road that we see over the next month, places coming around to that. Um, and hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I, I feel like it's, it's crazy, right? Like if it was, you know, um, just give an example because I love her AOC, right? Like running the ship and and you know kind of steering things. I feel like it'd be so different. Like just in general, like folks our age of just how we view the world, um, just things would be so different. So it's it's a shame that we have to kind of keep waiting, you know, to have more of our turn. But hopefully down the road it'll get better. Mm -hmm. Optimism. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think if anything, this whole entire crisis and well, the the multiplicity of crises that are happening all on top of each other right now are accelerating um, how quickly things are deteriorating, which it's really crazy to live through now, but at the the upshot might be that there's room for us to build something new and with a much broader consensus because it's exposing just how precarious everything was like you can't want to just go back to normal now there has to be something better than that yeah mm -hmm. yeah great point yeah um well speaking of going back to normal should we catch their up on kanye and kayaks and our check-in with kanye oh yeah, yeah let's let's get behind a politician whose platform we can all support oh, yeah. um yep <laughs> totally not we should <laughs> We that needs a sarcasm warning. That... Listeners, yeah. do not oh, yeah. overcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, right, that. right. Yeah, listeners, do not do that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, if you guys could not sense the irony, then um, <laughs> I don't know. Start start mm -hmm. taking that for granted. Uh, yeah, we had a deep dive into Kanye West's uh, vast policy proposals and uh, campaign strategies and political platform. Um, and apparently people around him are saying that a lot of that is just like his bipolar disorder acting mm -hmm. up. Mental health. Um, yeah. So first of all, Kanye, get well soon. Yep. Agreed. Uh, mm. The help you mental need. Health is, mental health is not um, a fun problem to have to deal with. No, and no. especially not now and especially for someone in the national spotlight like that that's a lot and i'm sure like idiots like us like talking out of our asses about them all the time like doesn't help right <laughs> um but kanye we wish you the best and get well soon so he checked into a hospital outside of his ranch in like wyoming 
I think, mm-hmm. after yeah. Kim Kardashian put a whole post up. Yeah. About, yeah. oh, he's not doing well, and it's very serious. Um, yeah. yeah I, so I was reading this article and about the, the hospital check-in, and I this is a little bit of an aside, but I have been to Cody, Wyoming, when we drove across the country last year, and it was just surreal to me. I don't really keep up with like celebrity news, so maybe this was a common knowledge thing, but it was surreal to me that Kanye, they just have this like whole ranch, this whole like, own a lot of land there and have a lot of people there. Um, yeah. And it, it is rural, rural. Like it is, you are there it's like a little rodeo town uh, we stayed there yeah overnight on our trip and i was just like interesting place i mean it's beautiful it's, you know right outside yellowstone but uh just wild to mm-hmm. think about yeah i think that's where his, his like jesus compound is right he's yeah. got this whole um kind of farmstead out there and he brings his buddies out and they do jesus stuff and make music and uh it's like a retreat center which seems like a beautiful place for it but also good for him to like have a place like that to go because that must be like a godsend to get out of la right Mm -hmm. yeah um so apparently he was out there um yeah, he so we recorded this episode on the day that he had his like quote unquote campaign yeah. rally where he said like all that stuff that got him in trouble about uh oh Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves, yeah. she brought them to work for other white people. Um so that was that day. We recorded earlier in the day and then he just like went off that night. So we're like, Great, our whole episode's out of date. Um <laughs> But I I mean, I don't know. It's I don't like speculating on these things because it's so personal and at the same time so public and like it's just out there. Um, and it also feels like this weird like voyeuristic thing where you consume other people's misery. Totally. It's that line between like, you know, like I've no, you know, when you've had experience with someone with a bipolar disorder in your life you totally like your heart goes out right reading what kim is saying and all those pieces and then like the flip side of that coin for this group of people specifically the kardashian west if you will is Mm -hmm. the like you know you made your life in the spotlight and you have been you know putting your own personal problems on blast on purpose for profit for so many years and they have their own sort of problematic things they do right they sort of have this glorified like um you know there's a lot of people who speak out against kim for promoting unsafe diet practices and things like that and it's sort of like you know my sympathy extends for sure um to the mental health piece and and wanting them to be safe just as like human beings I want that for everyone right and then I'm also like you have every resource in the world right now to get yourself off the internet out of the spotlight go to your ranch get the medical help you need stop saying really problematic things and distracting from important work that people are trying to do in the activism community um right yeah it's it's a double-edged sword I mean like any thing 
again, like it's this very sort of like capitalist nihilism where you sort of say, well, like everything's fucked anyway. Why don't I just sell the most deep and intimate parts of my personality and myself, which is like with the Kardashians, you kind of like, you know, like they're so face value to begin with. And I don't think that this is like a criticism. I think they would agree, right. That like they sell the surface and the appearance and, and, that's kind of been the shtick the whole time. But for someone like Kanye, whose entire career is built on just like going through these really dark inner places and then like putting it on display and then going back to that well and then putting that on display again, it's hard not to get caught up in it as a like a fan or a listener or just a member of the observing public because mm. that's his whole career. Yeah. Right? It's like sort of this learned behavior. Yeah, it's like this learned behavior for both him as the producer and then us as the listeners and the consumers where this is productive, like, capitalist um, activity. Um, And there is, like, a human cost to it, and that's, you know, his sanity and and then some. Mm. Um, And the kids who are kind of growing up and... You know, that always kind of yeah. gets me with, like, when it starts to be about, which was the other thing that happened with Kim, and, I mean, his other statements about their first pregnancy, and, you know, she's not, the kid is not going to be immune to that, right? As, yeah, right. Yep. But can only be isolated so much from the public, I'm sure, so, mm. you know, that's where that, I do feel that sympathy for that, and just wish mm-hmm. that weren't in that predicament you know wish that they had sort of been able to censor that you know his mental health needs before that had become out in the public yeah Diego you want to add anything to our Kanye chat no I mean I I I agree you know with everything that's kind of been said I I think you know that rally what last last Sunday just totally Mm -hmm. brought you know, I think what people's suspicions were about his mental health kind of to the forefront. I mean, there's that, what, like, famous, at this point, Twitter video, Instagram, or TikTok, where somebody was like, all right, I'm leaving, you know, in, yeah. into his rant of, yeah. this, this is not, you know, what I was expecting out of, out of a candidate or or yeah. or Kanye, right? Where it was, I guess his whole yeah. critique was about Harriet Tubman, if I'm not mistaken, and how yeah. she had helped so many folks um through the underground railroad but at the end of the day those those you know freed slaves that ended up working um under you know uh white individuals following this and and him kind of downplaying um her impact in history right of doing the right thing um so i think at that point just a lot of people were just like i can't i can't take this person seriously like where where is he coming from um yeah yeah, i mean there's no ill will there right it's more of just like dude like if if this is indeed your your mental health that's at risk here and kind of coming to the forefront like take that time you know to kind of figure out what you need to do for yourself it's going to make you work um and be your best self you know i think so i had a a segment but we can push it back later in the show in other celebrity news we lost Mm -hmm. a real one uh regis philbin departed from this earth and uh i hadn't watched anything with regis in it probably since who wants to be a millionaire 
Yeah. Um, but I went down a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole. Apparently, he's like he was like buddies with Trump, hmm. which is kind of hmm. bizarre. Like seeing the two of them on screen together is just like, yeah. Like Trump like called into his like Larry King's last show. Regis was on it like trying to serenade Larry King, which was just like very weird to begin with. He was like singing to him on the show. For doing this, you've been one of my favorite guests. Well, same uh, same goes for me. Uh, my feelings about you, uh, Larry, and you know what I really love about you is the fact that so many people don't know that you 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 sing. And you also sing all those great old songs that you only learned years and years ago growing up in New York City with no TV, only radio, only disc jockeys, only great songs and great singers of those days. Got one for you tonight, Larry, okay? Totally unrehearsed. All right. So long for a while. That's all the king for a while. Yours. Larry, don't let me down now. Goodbye to your hit parade. No, you oh, no, the song. Parade. Yeah, Goodbye. Frank Sinatra sang. Yeah, so long to your hit parade, and the guests that you love to be played. Larry doesn't remember it. We're dying. I don't Trump. know the hit parade We're dying song. Here. Okay, I yes, mean, you got me, Regis. Right, I lose. I didn't, I didn't need to get you. I just wanted to show everybody that you know all those songs. And we you died. know the weird part? I lost the five hundred dollar question. <laughs> I'm off the show. <laughs> Donald Trump. Thank you for humbling yourself and appearing with us again tonight. Yeah, we all appreciate well, it. I tell you what, you, it's really my honor. You're an amazing guy. Yeah, and then Larry King's like, this is weird. Let's take a call. And it's Donald Trump like calling in. Like, hey, Regis. Hey, Larry. Oh, it just, like, there's, there's wow. no end to the like amount of bizarre Regis content out there because he's just been on TV for so long and he's crossed paths yeah. with everybody. That's uh, going to be my YouTube journey yeah. after this. I want to. I want to see that. Oh God, segment. yeah. He yeah, he does a he does a quote unquote duet with Donald Trump. Literally, he brings Trump out for one line. Well, here we go. This is what we've been waiting for. With a special performance from the Regis Philbin Christmas album. Do me a favor, please welcome Regis Philbin and Donald Trump. Then one foggy Christmas Eve. Trumpster came to say, You know, Rudolph, you're so bright. Won't you guide my freaking sleigh tonight? Oh, then he goes backstage again. And Regis oh, okay. just sings the rest of the song. There's like so much of this crazy. Because he was just like, he just, he's just like so, I don't know. Such a character. Uh, my mom would watch like live with Regis and Kelly and I feel like Regis for like I don't know our like a millennial childhood and early adolescence was just this very like neutral good tv presence like not problematic Mm -hmm. like I don't know I don't know anything about Regis's like opinions on any political issues I feel like he was just there and just being jolly and that's really all I know. Like I have not gone down this rabbit hole about like anything about Regis. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. There's this great clip of him talking about this one time that he was at an event and they sat him next to Amy Goodman from democracy now, which just like to be a fly on the wall for a conversation between Amy Goodman and Regis would have been like, 
my life's dream. But he was talking on like Regis and Kelly or one of those shows. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how, like, how do you, he's like, we don't do anything on this show. Like we, our work is stupid. And like, <laughs> it was it's just like refreshing to, to see him like have that perspective. Cause so much of it is, it's like, Oh, right. somebody's going to come on and, and they're going to tell you which, which type of, you know, oh cleaner is the best for getting scrubs out or I don't, like, I don't even know what they do. It's just nothing. It's just it's, like, it's full circle funny because, you know, we'll watch today in the morning and just leave it on. And then at 10, it's Kelly and now Ryan Seacrest. And I'll just look over yeah. and I'll just be like, this is the worst show on television. Yeah. And it's just like, literally like, dude, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, granted, like, we're on a pod kind of doing the same thing. Like, like, we're just <laughs> right. kind of talking right. about whatever. But like, so I, he's I'd kind of an think... inspiration to us in that regard. He's an inf- like an early influence. Right. But like, but like <laughs> at the same time, like we're kind of like diving into serious topics, and it's less like uh, gossip and just feel goody TV vibes. It's just like, hey, this is this is what happened this week. This is how we're feeling. Here's this raw emotion. Let's walk through it for the next hour. Yeah, um, it's just crazy because it's that's his whole career. Like, there's oh, yeah, no like totally, phase totally. he went through. Like, you have like some public figures who will like get really outspoken about one issue and then they'll kind of retreat from it or like they'll i mean and now it's a lot more common you wouldn't have never seen this like I, like before 9-11 when he really made it he, he cemented his place in the imagination mm. like mm. that was just normal like you wouldn't know what anybody thought about anything because everything right. seemed fine on the surface and um well, it's pretty recent phenomenon for people to kind of be outspoken about it but he like gave this quote when trump was elected and he's like good good for him he's gonna do great i'm excited and everyone's like regis really huh what and like you're like yeah he why would he have anything to contribute to this conversation just because he's on tv you know like right um and he's he's probably like to me he's like the last of that era of just like harmless vapid kind of tune it out in the background like nothing going on type tv where now like everybody has to at least at least pretend to have an opinion about something yeah um, yep you no know? but the the funny thing is like there's just so much crazy unhinged regis content there's a clip that i posted on my insta story of him sitting down with wu-tang and oh. he's like talking about he's like when i get into a mood and i put i like to put on the wu-tang clan uh-oh dated so, is coming out so, oh there's no there's so much of this shit out there because that's just like he doesn't know right yeah <laughs> yeah know? he doesn't know any better so, jesus he just opens his mouth and then words fly out and yeah. he's nobody like he's not responsible for any of it he's just regis like oh it's so yeah. crazy to watch it it feels like you would never be able to like start a career but he sort of grandfathered in almost yeah right, right. i was gonna say like, so crazy. right like so yeah. he's old old like i feel like he's been 75 years old forever and like has yeah. always been 75 like came out of the womb at 75 years old and i feel like <laughs> that just makes you immune to sort of like people expecting you to know about mm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm. Anyway, R.I.P. Uh, to a real one, Regis. Uh-huh. We miss you every day. Not a day goes by 
<laughs> forever in our hearts. All of that. Um, I think we should just talk about pants. Anyway, we should do. We yeah. should transition into the pants segment. So I wanted to add a new segment to the show. And Sarah, you're going to be the first guest that we do this with. Uh, we we can come up with a better name, but I was just thinking we'll just do pants check. So every yeah. week we're going to check in with our ourselves and our guests and sort of do an inventory of like what percentage of the week did you like actually have pants on because i feel like that's uh a, a pretty low like barometer of, of how much effort you're putting into your day mm. right like do you bother to put pants on or not and how much of the time are you because that if you're if you're wearing pants all day every day like you're pretty much functioning and i think none of us are quite there so i think I we'll that. all check in i think that we also have to break it down of like what qualifies as pants right so like if mm. you're wearing sport shorts all day is that still the level of casual relaxed that you're not functioning versus you know regular shorts denim shorts mm-hmm actual pants god bless you if you're doing that um yeah right but like what 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 are we thinking here like if you're wearing pjs or sport shorts that's a no yeah unless you change unless you change into different pj or like shorts during the day from from what you wore to sleep if it's the same ones you wore to sleep and you just leave them on and you fall asleep in them again right we'll count those as pajamas Okay. Um, but if Fair. you're getting up in the morning and you're putting on your daytime um, nylon shorts or whatever, yep, then that counts. But it, again, that's like less points. We'll figure out like a scoring system. Or yeah, we'll work on we, it as we do this. We'll we'll feel it out. But and I also, can say I've I've been wearing these jorts, the cutoffs, like all week. I'm gonna show you. So uh-huh. they're an old pair oh, of jeans yeah. that I I just cut the legs off when there were holes and um. I'm at the point now where my cell phone is there was a hole like in my cell phone pocket and I've busted all the way through the hole so now my pocket nice. is outside of the pants. That's kind of so cool. That's my pants. Okay, I have a suggestion. This is this can be like a little uh quarantine craft for you is to learn embroidery and like embroider some very cool like cab on your pocket hole. Oh my god. And it really I'll do a nice script. Yeah. yeah, I'll do a nice like script. Yeah, it's easy. Put, like, totally do yeah. It. I used to be able to do that. I took home ec and we used to do like embroidery and made. I was gonna say some nice stuff. bedazzled probably... might go a long way. Oh yeah. Yeah, bedazzle the butt mm-hmm. with like the anarchist symbol, the A with the circle around oh, it. And that's and, it. Like, rhinestones. You will make you will pockets. make national news of just like bedazzled shenanigan troublemakers taking place in boston here's our exclusive live footage yeah this is the future liberals want (laughs) everyone wearing anarchy bedazzled zach how have your pants been been fitting how have your jorts been fitting during this time um they've been okay i've been so i do this thing where whenever i go to my parents house i put on like 10 pounds because we just pig out together. We're like so glad to hang out and like do stuff. Mm-hmm. And they like to, you know, um, they like have an occasion to to like kind of slack on their diet a bit. And we're all in the house cooking for each other. Mm-hmm. So I've been up 
in our apartment long enough where like that way it's kind of leveled off and like i'm back down to a little normal nice like state so they've been they've been fitting kind of comfy um they could use a wash i've worn them like every day for i don't know how long but um definitely could use a wash and um i have to fix this pocket because the phone is like fully through them but i will say um out of the like the time that i've been awake every day i have these on for all but like like two hours in the morning okay like i'll get up and just just no pants for the first part of the day and then like i'll put them on eventually and uh keep them on pretty much until bedtime so i've been pantsed up like i want to say like 80 20 on average pants with a button and a zipper that's like that earns you points yeah that's a commitment Mm -hmm. but they're still like casual enough for like i've got um I shouldn't even be saying this. I have like a little like bit of egg from yesterday's breakfast, <laughs> like on part of it. I just saw like they're not clean, you know. Yeah. So you I'm not putting that much effort into like get clean clothes to wear every day. Like I'm still not all the way there. Um, nice. But I have been getting mostly pantsed up lately. Nice. That's been good. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm pretty on top of it. Nice. So, how about you two? Um, who who wants to go? I'm I'm Sarah giving me this go. look. I guess that's me. Oh, okay, go. <laughs> I'll go. All right. So, I have. I feel like there's an element to this that has not been discussed yet, which is that for folks who choose to wear on pants garments such as dresses, there's like mm. another layer of like. So, like when I am like. I don't want to wear pants. I can just wear like a dress and I have a pretty good, um, you know, closet full of like light linen summer dresses, which are like, I mean, I wish you could experience this. You could experience this if you we so should. Yeah. Yeah. Really it's jealous. Like, yeah. It just look, really looks so don't comfortable. Have to do, it's very comfortable. There's nothing like, it's just, you can like no sensory input from the garment itself and you're just like free to live in the dress but i will say Mm -hmm. that i do like that dressed i mean i feel like on a normal if i was like really vegging out over like a school vacation or something i feel like there would be days where i would like just stay in my pajamas all day Mm -hmm. but i feel like i do every day put on clothes for the day (laughs) and yeah so there's I feel like there's a little more variety because I also will wear like like shorts and like leggings and stuff like that, yeah. which are borderline pajamas. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like, you know, I shower, I get dressed. That's good. The dresses yeah. are where it's at, though. That's my pro tip. <laughs> That's really cool. So are, are dresses good if you're like putting putting some good hours in on the couch? That's like a yeah. good situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just like, I mean, it's like wearing a very light blanket. Like you just, nice. you, know, like you are like, you look very fancy. Yeah. The reality of the, the sensory experience of that is that you are wearing You're like nothing comfy. restrictive, very comfy. Mm. You can like go outside. That's the thing too, is that I kind of, I have to like walk my dog and stuff. So I have to like wear clothes to go in the neighborhood. Yeah. So yeah, what what true. would your percentage be for the week, you think? Of like actual clothes versus pajamas? 
yeah kind of thing um I would say probably the same kind of thing like 80 20 because I do like get up and I'll go like have coffee and yeah. do mm-hmm. some stuff before I go take a shower and get dressed but that's usually like I'm pretty much enclosed by like 10 a.m so that's mm-hmm. pretty good mm-hmm. yeah that's well, for not having to go to a pork place I think that's pretty good mm. yeah I'd, you're I'd... selling the dress though I will say dress <laughs> life might be where it's at you should try it out like yeah. no harm <laughs> I um Diego, have you tried dresses yet or what? Not yet, man. No, I haven't no. gotten there yet. All right. I'm, I'm gonna have to try it and report back. Yeah, yeah. Bye. See if Jules has any ones that'll like fit. Yeah. Um <laughs> let's see. I think for me it probably is also something gonna be 80 20. Um just because I usually wake up and like I'll have breakfast and then I'm in PJs, right? While doing breakfast and having that. But then after that, I usually go and do exercise. So I change and then I have to take a shower and clean up and then wear more normal clothes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I will say I have kind of been on a short purchasing spree from old oh. navy where i'm not a, i was never a big old navy person but i discovered these shorts that are like kind of like to sarah's point like linen really like just super like casual shorts but they look mm-hmm. dressy so you can wear them out and stuff um mm-hmm. no bedazzling that's usually a solid color uh so i got like a denim one i'm wearing some right now hang on hold up. so like they're like they have like waves on them a little bit, like a little bit of a pattern, but like they're super comfortable. Oh, nice! And, oh, uh, hell yeah! Yeah. So like, I uh, ordered a good pair of them because I guess Old Navy does this thing in the summer there where they give you like summer cash or whatever that you can yeah. spend on like a following order. So I ordered one pair of these pants. I love them, and I was like, cool. Well, I just got twenty bucks, so I'll order more pants. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's been a fun, like, been a fun time. I feel like it's like a big old navy thing. They're like, "Oh, it's getting warm out. Don't you need warm weather clothes? Mm-hmm. Like, buy a whole pack." Like, mm-hmm. they've yeah. always. I just remember seeing all those commercials and like summer commercials and back to school commercials. Like that kind of seemed like their, their territory. They're like I don't the know casual. I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys have heard of like Joseph A. Bank. They're like the casual Joseph yeah. A. Bank, where it's like buy one get twelve. Like that's literally yeah. like what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, the socks come stapled to the lapel. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they're really comfy. And so you know, I, I and I'm the kind of person where like I had up until recently i had like this this like sarah would know kind of but like we went to like a catholic high school and so like you had to like be dressed up all day and stuff but like mm-hmm. under your button-up shirt you could whatever so i had like this very light blue like super light i don't even know how to describe it like like a baby blue maybe shirt mm-hmm. and like i had that shirt i think i still have it like at my house and it's just like a beat up I'll work out or do like yard work in this shirt and then I'll replace it. So like the same thing, I had like shorts that I had since college. And then just now I replaced them with these more casual pandemic quarantine friendly shorts that are stretchy and I love them. Yeah. And those are just like your workhorse shorts. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep yeah. They're, they're, they're my, they're my, they're my um, shorts. Like, I guess if it was a dress, they're my, 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 
shorts of dress i don't know how to call it i don't know they're like they're like if, mm-hmm. I, if I had a dress they would be these shorts and that's that's what i'm rocking right now <laughs> i understand <laughs> and i will say i have one <laughs> caveat to what you just said because you could not wear whatever t-shirt you wanted under our uniform shirts it had to be like print free because if you had words or something i had i experienced this i was told that i had to go to the bathroom and turn my t-shirt inside out because words were showing through my external no my inside Uh-oh. so i you know, i already in my head have like three teachers that probably told you to do that i can already think of like top three i won't yeah, name yeah. them but still i'm just like wow hyphenated okay. last name that's what i'm going to say about that is my was the <laughs> name, name. <laughs> yes that's exactly who i thought was my number one I had many <laughs> uniform demerits, mostly from oh, teachers about skirt length. Literally my first choice. I'm laughing inside and outside. <laughs> um, I must know what this what this t-shirt said that was so offensive. It was a band oh, t-shirt, wasn't yeah. it? It was probably a band t-shirt. I don't actually remember. I don't think it it's said like anything. T-shirt. Mm-hmm. It was just the fact that you could see words. Like it was just for yeah. the sake of like giving me a punishment, which was like you know yeah. I had like demerit cards so if you like got get a demerit for a uniform infraction and then if you like filled up your demerit card you had a detention um so that was the kind of place diego and i went to school <laughs> yep that sounds yep. real scary and there were things that like just like you try to like guilt there are like there are things that you try to do to get by like like just like go under the radar right so like i bought a pair of just pure white vans and I got away with Damn. it for a good, like, three or four days. And then, like, by the end of the week, by Friday, somebody saw me and they were like, no, that's not happening. And I was like, or, like, kids yeah. would wear, like, in because the early we're 2000s like, Damn, were... Damn, Diego. Because like, the early 2000s were weird. Like, like kids would wear, like, stud belts. And then yeah. they'd be, like, under the radar. Yeah, and then they'd be like, no, like, like that's not happening. Take that off. And it's like, oh, but it looks mm. so cool when really you look so weird. But it's fine. Yeah. Used to wear those like sarcastic T-shirts from Hot Topic or Spencer's or whatever. Oh my god! Like, yeah, <laughs> you laugh because I'm different. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, because totally. you're all the I'll same. <laughs> yep. Just oh, like I'm a moody bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going see, that, through something. That I can see, like a Catholic school that, okay? getting really offended over all those like sarcastic shirts. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never really had occasion to wear them. We would have those like dress down weeks, but they still had, I feel like, pretty strict guidelines for what could be mm-hmm. on your clothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, my but, public school was just a runway of, of hot topic snark every day. Oh my God. Yeah. So many. And then do you guys remember like the, the armbands that people wore? Not even like like a little yeah. they would be like fleece well, bands or lip knot or like sex bracelet. Name. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm glad we're going like full nostalgia right now. <laughs> I remember those bracelets were like I used to want to wear them because I just thought they looked cool. Mm-hmm. And it was one of these things that like parents would pass these like urban legends around that like I don't even know if they were true or there was a kernel of truth in them somewhere. But the idea was like, there are the two little thin bracelets and they like interlock with each other on either side of your wrist. And when you sleep with somebody, you trade one of the two bracelets and it 
they're like two different colors and so apparently everyone has their own color which wow, i wasn't told wild. about yeah and all the kids I mean, would like wear different different bracelets and that meant that they were banging when we were like 12 years old so <laughs> it was like a very contentious thing for me to be out in public wearing these bracelets that suggested oh that i was getting my dick wet my little 12 year old dick at the time <laughs> i feel like whatever uh, i was not i mean like that's the farthest thing from the truth but it looked dope so i wanted to wear the bracelets but that's what i remember from them i yeah, I don't remember those bracelets, but I remember like not even like now it's pins on backpacks, but for me it was like skater hats, like a Volcom hat with like pins and band pins all over the hat, and that was like a cool mm. thing. Yeah, um, the safety pin patches. Yeah. Yep. Just Hell yeah. wild. So wild. The bracelets for being different colors for different like acts that you had done. Like I don't I vaguely remember the like intertwining ones, but I think that was all shut down yeah. quickly at my also Catholic middle school. And so I think we weren't allowed to wear those at all. And they made the only bracelet that they made like a special exception for, which is making me feel like maybe you, we weren't allowed to wear jewelry at all. I don't really remember, but they made it an exception for the Livestrong bracelets, <laughs> like those yellow. Oh, the irony. That rocks. <laughs> That's like, so funny. We're like, no, like, no, 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 no. It's that one's okay. For yeah, kids. yeah. So we, like, the students, like, made a big deal. Like, I remember having like assemblies and like going in groups to like campaign to the principal to be allowed to wear these live strong bracelets, and they eventually like That's conceded. So, so everyone had to have one, of course, because like that was the only thing we could have. Yeah. So. Yeah. What a time it was. Can you imagine doing that today, though? Can you imagine like the the media scandal and outrage there would be if you like. I'm sure it probably happens to like Catholic schools, but if you were like, oh, children, you're not allowed to wear these certain bracelets, like people would be like, oh, if it was a public mortified. school, if right. it was a public school, it'd be a breach of First Amendment rights, and right. yeah, Turning Point USA would be on campus. It'd be a disaster. Oh my god, good time that oh rocks. Well, mm. I think I think this is a good place to end it on the whole nostalgia standpoint. Love it. Mm -hmm. yeah uh sarah do you have anything to plug being safe um just like yeah wear a mask don't go out don't be stupid and like donate to a bail fund and learn something about black lives matter today everyone amen <laughs> big amen on that yeah a plus hey thanks for having me it was fun um stay safe out there everyone stay sane yeah Keep it classy, world, and uh, wear your damn mask. Goodbye. Went to the annual um, Phil Donahue, Marlo Thomas Christmas party yes, last night. Yes, tell me. Oh, well, it's, it's just a lot of fun, you know, and the violins are playing. It's beautiful. They have a beautiful home, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a penthouse up in, uh, on the Fifth Avenue. Mm. Just great. And so uh, and Phil is there with the bow tie. Incidentally, Phil uh, produced a documentary that uh, got a lot of acclaim at the Golden Globe. It's got a nomination for the... And they're thinking maybe it could get a nomination for the Academy Awards, too. Oh, my god! It's a body of war. It's a, a documentary on Iraq. I, you know, you don't know what Phil Donahue is doing because it's so quiet. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. this movie's coming out. Anyway, um, Mike Wallace was there. 
Mike Love Wallace Mike looks Wallace. absolutely fabulous. Looks like, a, a, honest to God, like a leading man. But then you've got to worry about who you're going to sit with mm -hmm. and what kind of a conversation you're going to have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyway, on my left was Elaine May, you know, the screenwriter, yes. former comedian, very funny lady. And on my right was Amy Goodman. And so I, I didn't, I was unfamiliar with the name. What do you do, Amy? She says, well, I have a show on PBS. Okay. What do you do? What, what, what? She says, we couple, we cover global events. Oh, my gosh. G global news. No wonder we haven't seen it. <laughs> well, now, excuse me, but what am I going to have in common with someone who covers <laughs> global news? What the, is the The beautiful baby news? contest? That ain't going to do it. Okay. Santa yes. Claus getting pawned? No. Yes. I've got nothing in common. Yes. I know what you're saying. Oh, I've been there. Sure. I've been in that anxiety situation where you realize that you are the weak link at the table. <laughs> where you go, oh, I see. I'm the weak link. You, I'm the person You that... may be better known than anyone else because they see you every day on television, but what have we got to say? Nothing. Nothing. Got nothing. nothing. To say. And they know, and they already know what you've got going on because you've talked about it that day. We've got nothing. Right. So what did you do? We talked about nothing. Right. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then it's sweet, though, because, like, heady people who are very accomplished. Very smart. They're very good at, like, very sure. you know, sounding interested. Or, like, well, it must be fascinating what you're doing. I'm like, it's very fun. <laughs> we had hot toys on yesterday. <laughs> and then today we're going to make our own shirts out of waste. You're absolutely right. You realize then what you are doing. You're doing nothing. <laughs> It's just so sad. It really is. Anyway, I want to... You know what you should do? You should make things up that you're doing. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. We, we've covered the Iraq situation. We're moving on now to global warming. Good. Yes. Say that. And I'll stand by you. Absolutely. If, if, in case I ever get invited to a dinner party. I'll say that, too. What are you doing about global warming? We're staying cold. <laughs> <coughs> Woman was very interesting, so I tuned her in. She's on from 8 to 9 in the morning. Fantastic. Channel 34, one of those PBS stations. And not only do mm. they uh, have it on TV, but then they take that hour and they play it on, I guess, PBS radio. PBS have a radio thing, too? Yeah. They play it on the radio from mm. 9 to 10. So That's great. In case you missed the 8 to 9. That's so really anyway, good. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune her in, too. Yeah. PBS. Yes. Uh, Amy, Amy Goodman. Mm. And then I'm, uh, we spent a little time with Barry Diller and reminisced about oh. the old days at the William Morris office in Beverly Hills. He's so great. Have you spent I, a little bit of time? Just great, to spend a little just bit great of time stories in the old Joey Bishop show and yeah. the ABC in the '60s and all the characters who ran it.